This podcast is inspired and presented by Ziggler, the most trusted name in personal development, influencing over 250 million people worldwide. Let them inspire your true performance at Ziggler.com. Welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Hello there. This is Blake Lindsay on Thanksgiving week. And I want you to know how truly thankful I am that you're here for the Ziggler Inspire podcast. You know, as our friend and mentor Zig Ziggler would say, I hope you're getting ready for a better than good Thanksgiving day around here. We are grateful for so much and high on our list is you, our listeners. All of your phone calls and comments have absolutely made this a fulfilling year for me. If you have comments or suggestions, or maybe you want to discuss something you've heard on a podcast, I would love to have you call me. So here's my direct telephone number. I'll give you a second here to get your memory warmed up or grab something to write with. 972-383-3268. Call me up anytime you want to. Let's get to listening and enjoying Zig Ziglar. Now, what is winning? Well, the reality is that all of us want basically the same thing. And I'll be talking about this a whole lot. Everybody wants to be happy. I've never yet met anybody who said, no, I want to be miserable. (laughs) Everybody wants to be healthy. Everybody wants to be at least reasonably prosperous. And I know many of you want to be unreasonably prosperous. (laughs) That's okay. I've had money and I haven't had it. And I'm here to tell you. It's better to have it, folks. There's just, you know, no question about it. Now, a lot of times, some of my Bible-reading friends will misquote the Bible and say, well, now, you know, Zig, the Bible says that uh, uh, money is the root of all evil, and obviously it does it. He said the love of money is the root of all evil. Christ himself, two-thirds of the parables he taught, had to do with our physical and financial well-being. Two-thirds of the success stories there had to do with that subject. There's a lot more talk about success in the Bible than there is heaven. Good Samaritan never could have put that old boy up at the end after he'd been mugged if he hadn't had some money to do it with. Now, all of that said, yes, everybody, uh, you know, is interested in money. Everybody wants to be secure. They want to have friends, peace of mind. They want to have good family relationships, and they want to have hope that the future is going to be even better. Now, I'd like for you to kind of go with me on this. What part does hope play in all of this? I believe it's the basis of everything. You see, John Maxwell says, if there's hope in the future, there's power in the present. Answer these questions as you listen to this tape. How happy can you be if you had no hope? How healthy would you be if you had no hope? How prosperous could you be if you had no hope? How secure are you with no hope? How many friends would you be able to accumulate if you're the kind of person who's just always moping and groping and griping and complaining, you know? How much peace of mind is there and how would your family relationships be? I think hope is the key to an awful lot of things. Let me emphasize a point. I will never tell you that acquiring these things is going to be easy. I know that life is tough. But I also know that when you're tough on yourself, uh, that uh, life can be tremendously rewarding to you. When you discipline yourself to do the things you need to do, when you need to do them, 
The day is going to come. You can do the things you want to do when you want to do them. But my friends, the road to the top goes through lots of valleys. You do not develop champions on a feather bed. There's got to be those trials and difficulties in order for you to develop the muscles and the qualities that's going to make such a difference in your life. Some of the things I will be saying over and over is you do have to be before you can do. You got to do before you can have. Some years ago, I was coming in on a plane, which is generally the way I fly. <laughs> and I was seated next to an old boy. Couldn't help but notice he had his wedding band on the index finger of his left hand. A little unusual. I commented on it. I said, friend, you got your wedding band on the wrong finger. And he said, yeah, I married the wrong woman. <laughs> well, I don't know if he married the wrong woman or not. I'm delighted to be able to say I did not marry the wrong woman. Last November, the redhead and I, now when I talk about my wife, at her suggestion, I always call her the redhead. When I'm talking to her, it's Sugar Baby. Uh, her name is Jean. And incidentally, she's been inducted into the MasterCard Hall of Fame. And she is so excited. She made the all-mall team at Prestonwood Shopping Center eight years in a row. And uh, last year, last year, uh, she was MVP, Most Valuable Purchaser. Now... Incidentally, uh, her name is Jean. A lot of times uh, when I'm talking to her, I always call her Sugar Baby. A lot of times people say to me, does uh, your wife know you say all of those things about her? I said, Chuck, she helps me write the material. <laughs> now, let me point something out. She never gets offended. If she did, I would not say it. But the reason she doesn't get offended is she knows my heart. You see, we'd been married over 27 years before I was ever able to give her even financial stability, much less financial security. And yet during all of those years, not once do I ever remember her saying, honey, if we just had more money, here's what we could do. Or if we had more financial stability, here's what we could do. See, there was one five-year stretch when I was in 17 different deals, and that's all they were, just deals. But during all those years, he would always say, Honey, tomorrow's going to be better. You can do it. Then the two things that meant the most to me, I love you and I believe in you. I cannot begin to tell you what it meant to me to have a cheerleader cheering for me every day of my life and praying for me every night of my life. I can tell you without any reservation, no fear of error, that had it not been for her, I would not be talking to you on this recording right now. That encouragement and support meant it all. She knows, and I know about her. First of all, half the money is hers. <laughs> the only time she goes berserk is when she's shopping for the grandchildren. And had we known grandchildren were going to be so much fun, we certainly would have been nicer to their parents. <laughs> but anyhow, <laughs> she knows that I delight in seeing her go shopping because she's very responsible. And it's a delight to be able to have her do that because for so long she could not. No, she does not get the least bit upset about the fact that I tease about that. Last November, as I said, we celebrated our 50th wedding anniversary. Now, we've been married 48 years. 
But we had heard so much about the 50th, we just decided to, you know, go ahead and celebrate early. And I'm here to tell you that uh, that really is uh, some more celebration. Folks, one of the reasons I believe I'm qualified to make suggestions and make a difference in your life is, you see, I walked in your shoes. Today I was reminiscing in my own mind and thinking about something the redhead brought three $20 bills downstairs that I had inadvertently left upstairs. And it reminded me when I was a young salesman in Lancaster, South Carolina, when we're having such a struggle, I've had my lights turned off. I've had my telephone disconnected. I had to turn a car back in that I didn't want to turn back in. My first baby was born, the hospital bill was $64. I didn't have $64. I had to get out and make two sales in order to get my own baby out of the hospital. <laughs> now, so vividly remember one day as I was struggling with how do I eat and how do we put gasoline in the car to go make the sales calls, and I was kind of going through some of my drawers there at home, and there was two $20 bills and a $10 bill. It looked like all the money in the world. I've been confused many times in my life. I didn't know what I'd be doing tomorrow much less next week, next month, or five years down the path. I don't believe there's anybody who will ever listen to this recording who has ever been as despondent on occasion in those early years and is puzzled and is curious, what do I do? Why can't I make things happen? I've been down that route. And yes, I've hurt as much as anybody here, I believe. On May 13th of 1995, my oldest daughter went home to be with the Lord. I know what it is to feel pain. I've felt your feelings. I've walked in your shoes. I know what does work. I know what does not work. And that's the reason I believe hope is such an important ingredient. John Maxwell put it well, if there's hope in the future, there's power in the present. John Johnson put it this way. It's not the color of your skin. It's not the place of your birth. It's the size of your hope that's going to determine where you're going to go in your life. John Johnson was born in a shotgun house with a tin roof in Arkansas City, Arkansas. For those of you who don't know what a shotgun house is, let me simply tell you, it's a house with a roof on it, and you're so named because you could point a shotgun and fire it through that house and wouldn't hit anything at all because it's just a shell. Today, John lives next door to Bob Hope part of the time. He lives in a high-rise on the Gold Coast overlooking Lake Michigan the rest of the time. He's been a guest in the White House with every president since Eisenhower, one of the 400 wealthiest people in America, owns his own insurance company, own cosmetic company, Ebony Magazine. And when he says, it's not the place of your birth or the color of your skin, it's the size of the hope, I take him very seriously because I do believe he knows what he is talking about. How do you get all of the things? What's involved? If an individual really wants to be happy and healthy and prosperous and secure and have friends, peace of mind, good family relationships and hope, let me tell you that you got to deal with all facets of life. And that's what we'll be doing in this series. You got to deal with your personal life, your family life, and your career. You cannot separate them. The January 8, 1990 issue of USA Today said the number one cause of a productivity decline in America today 
is marital difficulty at home. You can't have a knockdown drag out at home and go to the job and be as productive as you otherwise would be. You cannot get fired or chewed out by the boss on the job and go home with the same attitude as you'd have if you had just been given a significant raise or recognition. You cannot separate all of these things. I will attempt throughout this series to make one thing crystal clear, and that's this. If you go for quality of life first, invariably standard of living goes up. But if you just go for standard of living, there's no assurance that quality of life is going to go up. We will deal with all three of these. The principle we're going to be teaching through this series are the principle that made our country great. Did you ever wonder why it is that in 1776, three million Americans produce Washington and Hamilton and Jefferson and Madison and Monroe and Franklin and Washington and the whole bit. And why it is in 1995, 265 million Americans produced. I'll let you fill in the blanks as you sit there <laughs> listening to this. I don't believe you can name one person with the statue of the individuals I have just named. Let me ask you, could it be what they were taught? As you reflect on it, do you believe that what you teach has anything to do with what you believe? And what you believe has anything to do with what you do? And what you do has anything to do with what you have? Well, let me tell you what they were taught. According to the Thomas Jefferson Research Institute, in the 1770s, over 90% of all of the educational thrust was of a moral, ethical, faith basis. Solid foundation stuff. That's the reason we produced all of the people we did in that period of our history. So many times people think, well, I'm just a, and then they say an accountant or a bookkeeper or a salesperson or a household executive or a doctor or a lawyer or whatever. What can I do? Let me read something to you which I think has genuine significance. And I'll proceed by saying again, yes, you were designed for accomplishment. You're engineered for success. You're endowed with the seeds of greatness. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You literally were born to win, but it takes a plan. I love it when Zig shares his story. I notice that people don't always know that Zig has struggled. I'm talking mentally, emotionally, and financially. Zig speaks right from his heart when he tells you that there is hope in your future. I hope you have a thankful week this week. And if you are traveling, I hope you'll take us with you. It always makes my time in the car or the airport so much more pleasant, useful, and quick. I think it'll do that for you, too. Until next week, I'm Blake Lindsay, encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. 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 Inspiring true performance.